Look, the biggest podcast where you can learn them lessons Line for line where you can learn from different sections Made it out the mud, come tell your story, blessings Never know who listening, never know who's stressing Divine gave you a voice, come speak your honest truth Line for line, go ball for ball, it's up to you Wanna talk sports, gov, and politics Wanna talk about where you from and your accomplishments The line for line is really where you need to be A platform that's really made for folks like you and me You can find it all no matter what you seek Whether you calling or you listening, tune in every week all right and just like that we're back in another episode of lifeline we have a gracious young lady in the building today i'll let her introduce herself to the world hi i am tanisha williams jokes all right and just tell us a little bit about you young lady okay um well i am a kenosha native i um been here all my life until college then i went to alabama state hbcu in montgomery alabama let's go um about Eight years ago, I moved back to Kenosha, and um, I am an auditor for a bank for my full-time job, and I'm also a basketball coach. Let's go. With this still being February and us still taking place in black history, I'm pretty sure there's some history, black history, from Kenosha or just in general that you can contribute to. What is it that you know about a little bit of the black history in Kenosha? Well, part of um, Kenosha black history is um, I'm in a unique position as my paternal family is the first black family that settled in Kenosha. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's descendants of Henry Dodge, who was at that time the first governor of Kenosha. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, the territorial part. But um, many years ago, I think I've counted its 10th generation, but he um, brought over two African-American males males with him. Mm -hmm. And um, at that time, it was still slavery, but not here in the North. And so um, people would say, like, you know, they free, they must be free because, you know, you can't have slaves. And so um, those were his sons. And one was my, you know, great, 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 great <laughs> grandfather, Anton <laughs> Dodge, um, which bore like lineage to my grandmother, Dolores Jelks, and um, on down to me. So it's, it's quite interesting and quite historic and being part of like many of the first or them knowing many of the first things of African-American culture here in Kenosha. How good does that make you feel knowing that you're embedded in the culture forever when it comes <laughs> to Kenosha? Uh, I think it's, I mean, I think it's interesting. It's um, one, of those thi- one of those things I think a lot of people don't know just because there's not a lot of Dodges still left in Kenosha with mm-hmm. the last name Dodge. And so um, I think it's pretty amazing. And then, I just, you know, just tracing back the story. And I know a lot of people can't do that or, you know, just haven't dug that deep. So I think it's pretty cool. And yeah, uh, it's pretty nice. <laughs> now, are you ever out and about? And they say, hey, that is such and such. She's born into this. She's like born <laughs> into the culture when it comes to Kenosha and black history. Very rarely. Um, Kenosha News did a feature article last year um and every couple of years actually about the dodge family and how things transcend and so um every now and again they're like oh i remember you from kenosha news but can't tie it to something yeah. or or an article and so but not not big not really popular in that <laughs> yes, ma'am. so i noticed you said that you're the females coach for christian life yes how is it that basketball got implemented into your life and when was it Ooh, um well both sides of my family actually play sports. They're really <laughs> active in sports. And so my first memories 
of basketball, I was actually watching my aunt play, um, Vicki LaFleur, previously Williams. But she was at Washington under Coach Simon. Mm-hmm. And so we would just walk over to the games because we didn't live far from Washington at the time. Um, and so just like, you know, I was kind of the younger niece, but um, would just be tagging along. And so I really enjoyed basketball and um, watching her play from there to Bradford. And, um, again, I was always in the gym with them and watched – a great generation of female basketball players at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why it kind of started. And so I just knew I wanted to play basketball, and which I did at Jefferson and um, Washington and then Bradford. So Oh, Bradford. Yes. We have a red devil in the building. <laughs> About time. About time. It is very rare that I have someone who reps the B on this show. Every time I come in there, oh, Port Tremper, ITA. I'm like, it's all about Bradford. It's only red one side devils. of Kenosha. Yeah, <laughs> the <North> best side. side. <laughs> so at what point was it when you decided to get into coaching or when it was that you knew you would be around coaching? Um. So... Um, my brother is actually an assistant coach at Bradford, Michael Holden. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first came back, I would um, he was the head JV coach. And just, I didn't have a lot to do besides work. And so I would go to his games and I was just, you know, drawn to it of coaching and calling out things just from when I used to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple years later, my good friend, uh, Megan Wells, um, had said she had a position for an assistant coach. She had took over as the head coach for Christian Life for the mm-hmm. girls program. And her and I talked and we connected and it was just like a really good fit. And again, we were teammates at Bradford. So um, I had known Megan a very long time. And so for the first two years, um, I was the assistant coach for mm-hmm. Christian Life. And then Megan, um, grew, her family grew. And so um, she she asked and the athletic director if I would take over the program. And so here I am two years in um, with the Lady Eagles of Christian Life. What has that journey been like for you to step into the head coaching position? Well, it, the first year was last year and everyone puts the asterisks because it's COVID. Yeah. Um, it was, that was, I think I got, I don't know, uh, it was lighter. <laughs> you know, I didn't have all these responsibilities because it was so many restrictions mm-hmm. for COVID. We only did mostly conference games. Um, this year, it's been like the whole thing. And being at Christian Life, like you're over the whole program. It's mm-hmm. like fifth, sixth, seven, eight through 12th grade. Um, so um, it's been great. I think that I've been able to connect with a lot of families and I am a very religious person. And so it's quite different from public school. Mm-hmm where I get to talk about God and just like sometimes we go into prayer and really connect on a kind of a deep level, um, Mm -hmm. if you will. And so it's been, it's been really great. And I'm looking forward to like, again, being able to meet fifth and sixth graders and let them sit behind us on the bench and see what they have to look forward to. It's been good. It's been. So for those listeners on YouTube, Spotify, whatever, wherever they're at, what history is it when it comes to you and being a coach for basketball? Oh. Um, so um, I'm kind of like to last year I was coaching and I was like, well, I want to know who's the first like black woman head coach in Kenosha. Um, just because me, I was like, maybe they could just provide some insight. Um, you know, being a woman coaching, it's like small population, of course. Mm-hmm. And then when I tried to look for a black woman head coach, it was even smaller. 
And the research was done, so I am the first black woman head coach that Kenosha has had for basketball. Does that add any type of pressure or anything like that to you? <laughs> absolutely. Acquiring minds one absolutely, to know. Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like if I fail, then it's like, oh, well, she didn't do a good job. You know, and so it's like so much added pressure when you're in the first anything, right? Because mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're opening the doors for others and laying a good foundation or making yourself memorable. Mm-hmm. And so it was quite pressure added. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> what are some things that you try to instill into your players that they take with them even after the game of basketball? Um, I think one of the things that I try to instill in them is accountability. Mm-hmm. Um and that's just being who you say you will be. If you're a good teammate, that means like on and off the court and being somebody that people can look to if you're going to having a bad day. Um, but having that accountability of this is what I signed up for. This is what we're going to start. and This is what we're going to finish. Um, and it's not going to be easy. Like there's a lot of good days, but there are also a lot of bad days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want them to to have that going forward and when they go into real life like, I said I signed up to do this. Let me be here. Let me be on time for work <laughs> and, yes, and and show up every day. And um, again, I just think with my unique position being a Christian, um, being able to just say we can put God in everything and to give Him some glory and to um, still know what your passion is and be humble and to just really be strive for your goals. Yes, ma'am. What would you say are some lessons, motivational speeches that you were taught? at a young age about basketball that you still instill with you now and you try to pass on to the next generation of coaches or players? Um, ooh, that, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, well, I think that, again, when I played in, uh, for a couple of years in high school, we had Coach D. Simon, who, if you know anything about Coach Simon, she was a very tough <laughs> um, coach. But I just b- believe um, one thing that she instilled in her players that every person matters Mm -hmm. every person on the bench every person in the game like you you have a role to play you have contributions to the team roles of course we want to put you in the position so that is um one thing that i try to remember and try to like remind the girls like every there's a role for everybody Mm -hmm. every night you may not start every night you may not play all the uh, the whole game or any parts of the game but whether it's your bench energy your energy um you're, you know, cheering your teammates on, all that is a factor. And sometimes, you know, I think it's hard for young athletes, um, but it's just sometimes a purpose bigger than you. Yes, ma'am. Now, I think a lot of people at home want to know about what was it like being at the HBCU basketball? Just tell us a little bit about the culture being around that as well, too. Well, I didn't play basketball at Alabama State. Um, I knew I was not going to make it. Oh, no, really? (laughs) Yes. I I knew um, that I wasn't like ready for that level i never even tried like i didn't put the time into it did you just say you didn't try i didn't try (laughs) i I thought you missed the shots that you don't take i know that's mj i i i I just knew like (laughs) let me just focus on my academics and um because to me like when you play at a collegiate level you have put tons of hours and Things like, I just want to go down there and experience like an HBCU culture. Um, yeah. And so, it and it was, it's it was a great history lesson for me, mm-hmm. being from Kenosha to then be in a, at HBCU surrounded with mostly everyone that looks like you and um, just different values and different things that um, people where people come from. And 
So it was um quite different, but even like going to those HBCU basketball games, I would still be like excited and pumped mm-hmm. up because those girls really were balling. Yeah. That <laughs> would have been you too if you would have tried. You know, you missed the shots that you don't take. <laughs> but as we get ready to close out this amazing episode, what is it that you would say you would like to be remembered for and the mark that you want to leave for the game of basketball once you're done? Um, that's interesting. I, I want to be known or remembered for um, pushing players outside of their comfort zone. Um, this year, we've had I have so many freshmen, and so and this is their first intro to me. Mm-hmm. And most of them are like, the first couple weeks, we did not like you. Oh, <laughs> and so, um, because I see so much potential in them, and it's like, step away from what you're used to because mm-hmm. there's so much potential in you. And so for the girls that I have and the girls that even – I had when I was an assistant coach. Um, I just want them to be more than what they thought they could be because you know it's on a it's a different side when you're coaching and seeing the floor and um, and sometimes you just know what girls have them and the more people have in them and so keep pushing for that. Yes, ma'am. Is there anyone that you would like to give a shout out to out there that maybe helped you along the way, whatever the case may be? Well, um, two people, um, of course, my good friend Megan Wells because again she. Her and I kind of did this thing together, and she was a, been a great champion and advocate and support system for me in mm-hmm. this role. Um, of course, my brother, he's coaching, and everyone on the north side, because that is the best side. Yes, so. ma'am. That being said, <laughs> we just wrapped up an amazing episode of Line for Line. We appreciate you for coming by. All right, thank you. You calling, are you listening? Tune in every week. Line for Line. Oh, yeah, I'm going Line for Line.